Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So before we start, uh, a little a little limerick. If they're robbing us, it's a kleptocracy. Incompetent crooks, cacistocracy. We got both, I acknowledge, from the Electoral College. Wish America could just try democracy. Let's begin. Welcome to a time where Alabama's PBS refuses to air the same-sex wedding episode of the kids' animated series Arthur, and the entire world is shocked to learn Alabama has a PBS. A time when Donald Trump Jr. is being talked about as running for mayor of New York, because the city that never sleeps clearly needs the Fredo who never worked. Where we just celebrated National Wine Day, because if you can't be with the wine you love, you love the wine you're with. And where Robert Mueller just gave public testimony to say he really doesn't want to have to ever give public testimony. Stealing migrant kids, turning away refugees, enriching the rich, cutting aid for the poor, bearing false witness, that's lying, 10,000 of them so far since Inauguration Day, loving torture, grabbing women by the pussy and pretending your racism isn't racist. Donald Trump standing for Christians who can't stand what Christ stood for. This is Sanity Cast. I'm John Fugelsang. I'm a comedian, an actor, a broadcaster. I do a daily show on Sirius XM Radio. I once had a sex scene in a movie with Sandra Bernhardt. I've interviewed Joey Ramone, Johnny Rotten, and John Tesh. And I think I'm the only person to ever appear on the premieres of both Up with Chris Hayes and Fox and Friends. And I don't know about you people, but I am so calm. I always haul my paid underlings in front of TV cameras, and then call on them to publicly testify how calm I am. And this is Sanity Cast, the political comedy podcast about not going completely batshit. How to fight the malfeasance with facts, empathy, humor, and the best of American culture. This podcast is about the very fine art of giving a fuck. And as Kurt Vonnegut said, a sane person to an insane society must appear insane. And I say, but what if your country has got an insane 72-year-old Adderall addict who's driving the bus over a cliff and 38% of the passengers don't mind if you all get killed because they like how it upsets the libs? 
Welcome to our third episode. Um, I want to thank you all for the very kind comments on episodes one with David Crosby and two with Elaine Boozler. I know episode two was long. It's not my fault. I, I, I try to make these things zippy and I make the interviews brief, but I was going to go to Elaine's place and interview her and then she was having construction. She had to come to my apartment. My apartment is kind of like the Trump administration of apartments. It's just, it's chaos. And like, we had to stop because of the cat. We had to stop because of the dog. We had to stop because of the, the little child. Uh, at, at one point, the cat was good the whole time and then in the last 10 minutes the cat was the only there was like everyone kept coming to my front door intercom wouldn't stop and in the last 10 minutes the cat began um audibly vomiting right below my feet if you play episode two back again listen for the last 10 you, you might get to hear it Today we've got news and analysis, uh, music and film that could talk you off a ledge, the newest installment of Ask a Trump Defender, Simple Questions for the Trump Apologist in Your Life, and no guest, because today is going to be a very special edition of the Revoltingly Fake Christian of the Week. Recording this uh, shortly after Robert Mueller gave his press conference that wasn't a press conference, his testimony that wasn't testimony, but where he made a few things very clear. Um, as with most things, conservatives are a little too happy and progressives are a little too depressed. This is the takeaway from Robert Mueller. Number one, Russia helped Trump and it was illegal. Number two, Trump obstructed justice, although DOJ policy prevented anyone from charging him with a crime. Number three, he didn't exonerate the president because there is evidence he did commit crimes. He said if his office, quote, had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. The Constitution, of course, leaves it up to Congress to act, and that's impeachment. Don't believe me? Um, his statement makes it clear that anyone who read the report should know it's an impeachment referral and it's up to Congress to act. His exact words, that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. What other process could he possibly be talking about that the Constitution requires other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. I, I don't mean tweets. Here's a question, though. What do the Robert Mueller report and the teachings of Jesus have in common? It's still impossible to support Donald Trump after reading either of them. So one of the theories of this show every week is that we're all living through a period that I call what the fuck fatigue. The lying, the lying that gets excused as bullshitting, the malfeasance, the gaslighting, the burning out of our outrage circuits. They want us to despair. And the motto here is, depression is a disease, negativity is a habit, uh, despair is privilege if we're really all in this together, and sanity is the opposite of sanity. But we live in a time where the people who say there's never enough money to take care of the people over here are the ones who say there's always enough money to blow people up over there. A time when America leads the world in creating reality TV shows about what reality TV show stars do after their reality TV shows end. This is a time, this is a week where the Trump administration announced $16 billion more in bailout for farmers who are hurt by Trump's trade war with China after the $12 billion he already gave them. So $28 billion in socialism because of the tariff war with China, and it's all borrowed from fucking China. This is the week that we got to see Seb Gorka give his on-camera audition as a new Batman villain. I don't know if you've seen it. You should definitely check it out. This man used to work in the White House. It's the most inspiring Sebastian Gorka speech ever. Uh, I call it, I have a comp. 
That guy banned me on Twitter. He blocked me on Twitter. I never even went after him. Now I will. We live in a time when the History Channel, a cable channel called the History Channel, can have a two-hour primetime special on zombies. History Channel did a show called Life After People. Life After People. They literally went from history to the speculative shit that hasn't actually happened yet channel. This is where we are. MTV plays no music. Learning Channel makes you dumb. History Channel has no history. And Core TV got so stupid they had to call it True TV. And they can't spell true. We're at a time where the Planned Parenthood shooter was too insane to stand trial for murder, but not too insane to legally buy lots of semi-automatics. This is a time when the people who are always supporting charging teenaged black offenders as adults remind you, Brett Kavanaugh can't be judged for what he did back in high school, that could ruin the poor guy's entire life. And we live in a time when a guy who can't stop reminding you he's a stable genius is kind of like a guy who can't stop reminding you he's straight. Let's go to the news with a little segment about real headlines, which I call, really, It's Not You. You know, in 2008, I actually pitched a script for Red Dawn 2 where uh, Russia takes over America by using an illiterate, racist, clown, reality TV host. They laughed me off the lot. But I'm having the last laugh now, huh? Huh? Uh. Okay, let's get to some actual news, real things that happened this week. Again, it's not you. The world's crazy. Relax. This week, the president retweeted a video that was doctored to make Nancy Pelosi look stupid. And that's, that's unfair because there is no way ever you could doctor a video to make Trump look smart. This was the week that uh, John Boyd the Pundit proved he's a hero to the same deliverance hillbillies who once tormented John Boyd the actor. Did you, did you hear what he said? he said? He said Trump is the best president since Lincoln. The best president since Lincoln. Um, I, I don't know what he has in common with. Both of their wives like to shop. I don't know. Uh, but as soon as John Boyd's done telling you what a great President Trump is, he promises he's going to stick around and give some parenting tips. Also, Liz Cheney, who uh, really is the worst thing to happen to nepotism since, uh, you know, she's the third ranking Republican in the House. And she went on the morning shows and falsely, recklessly, dangerously claimed that FBI officials who launched an investigation into Russian interference of the 2016 election could be guilty of committing treason. Let's break that down, can we? Number one, she lied that it was treason. Number two, only uh, he was only a candidate at the time, so if he's just a candidate, it can't be bloody treason. Again, Russia hacked our elections, and an Australian diplomat said a member of the Trump campaign was bragging about Russia giving them help with Hillary's emails in London, and the FBI was then obliged to open an investigation. Number three, Trump was already a known crook and scammer. Never forget, he stole money from American vets with his fake online college. Number four, both uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton were investigated by the FBI, but they only told us about Hillary Clinton's and Number five, this is how guilty guys play victim. Don't fall for this. For the next week or two, they're going to do everything they can do to put the investigation itself on trial. And like everything else, it's not going to work. History is not going to give Donald Trump a pass. The greatest irony is that the White House Correspondents' Dinner stopped having a comedian this year and instead had an historian speak to the crowd because... Honestly, man, historians are the group Trump should hate the most. He's mad at comedians and journalists. Let me tell you, Americans' best comedians and journalists on their best day couldn't bury Trump the way historians will bury him when he's no longer around. Liz Cheney 
has made me ashamed to be a lying nepotist who grew up rich and has no empathy or appreciation of my own privilege while coasting through life on my war criminal daddy's name. I'm not even proud of being that thing anymore. Here's something really sad. Uh, no one wants to live in Donald Trump's building. You know, Trump Tower, that hideous place on, on, on Fifth Avenue that Americans walk by and give the finger to and then Instagram them giving the finger to his tower. Um, by the way, Donald Trump didn't just lose New York City in the 2016 GOP primary. He lost his own building. And I'll tell you a secret as a New York resident. New York real estate people are the worst humans in the world. Come live here for a couple of years and you'll understand how their best and brightest became president. But Bloomberg reports that since he was elected, at least 13 condos in the tower were sold. And there's property records for like nine of them. And it shows that eight out of nine were unloaded at a huge loss, several selling at a discount of more than 20%. Real estate brokers in New York have said clients repeatedly tell them not to sh even show them any units in any of Trump's buildings. Commercial real estate broker surveys show that prospective uh, tenants won't even consider a Trump building until at least once Trump is out of office. So tell this to your Trump-supporting loved ones and encourage them to write Donald a check. He needs it. Tell him to write him a check. Write him a check. I know they're using the 2020 campaign fund to pay for Jared's lawyers and Trump's Russia lawyers. Google it. It's true. But tell him. Help the guy out. Send a check to Trump. You write, write Trump a check. And if your non-millionaire friend does write a check, why are you still trying to reach them? It's tribal dementia. But there's some new guidelines for preventing dementia. Um, this is the AP reporting that uh, if you want to help save your brain, focus on keeping the rest of your body well with exercise and healthy habits. Don't just make vitamin pills do it all, okay? Research suggests that a third of cases could be preventable. So this means getting enough exercise, treating other health conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, have an active social life, try to knock off the bad habits like smoking too much, overeating too much, drinking too much alcohol. We want you all to be very healthy because it would be a tragedy if you didn't survive Donald Trump. I don't want anything bad to happen to Donald Trump. I want three ghosts to visit him on Christmas Eve and make him a good person. But let's be honest. The guy is 72. He eats nothing but crap. He's snorting Adderall in the White House stairwell with Scaramucci. He only sleeps four hours a night. Uh, there's no excuse for you not lasting longer than him. Here's some sad news. Data shows millennials are in worse financial shape than every preceding living generation and might never recover. This is in the Wall Street Journal, hobbled by the financial crisis and recession that, is, that struck as they began their working life. Americans born between 1981 and 96 have failed to match every other generation of young adults born since the Great Depression. They have less wealth, less property, lower marriage rates, and fewer children. This comes from uh, Janet Adaming and Paul Overberg in, in the journal. Um, reps for Generation X couldn't be reached because we're all working late shifts well into our 50s and committing suicide at disproportionately higher rates and trading in our Doc Martens for some Dr. Scholes. Oh, time for the number of the day. The number of the day is 10. That's the number of times Trump conclusively broke the law as outlined in the Mueller report. Now, right-wing crypto-fascist spokestool Mark Levin said, why doesn't the press apologize? I'm sorry, he actually said, why doesn't the press apologize to President Trump for the Russian collusion delusion? Well, let's see. Here's the thing about that uh, collusion business. Collusion, not a crime. 
Trump talked about it nonstop. So when Mueller comes out and says there wasn't a crime, there was no collusion, Trump can say, see, I told you all along, no collusion. This would be like if Donald Trump had spent two years saying, uh, there's no Death Star. Okay, I, I'm not, I, and if there is, I don't control the Death Star. I know the Death Star destroyed Alderaan, but it wasn't me. And they should really investigate crooked Jin Erso and her Rogue One band of angry Democrats uh, for leaking the Death Star plans. That's the real scandal. And then Mueller comes out and says, well, we're not charging you with using the Death Star because there is no fucking Death Star. And Trump goes, complete exoneration, no Death Star, I always told you. And that's exactly what collusion is. Look, the only way you can dismiss the Mueller report is if you haven't read it. Donald Trump broke the law. Ten examples that are a, 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 a the dance steps to do impeachment are laid out in black and white. Mueller said they can't prosecute because the DOJ won't let you indict a sitting president because the founding fathers just wanted a king who was above the laws. But again, Mueller made a point twice now of saying Trump wasn't exonerated. So you can play dumb about this or you can care. But again, it proves he's criminal. We already knew. Anybody who says otherwise hasn't read it. Anyone afraid to read the report is afraid of the truth. And people who still defend Donald Trump do not prioritize truth. Mark Levin is salacious crumb to Donald Trump's job of the hut. And I apologize to you for two Star Wars metaphors in the same bit. And I apologize to job of the hut. I'm not saying all grotesque women abusing criminal gangster thug slugs are huts. They're not. Some of them sometimes have ugly buildings on Fifth Avenue. Okay, no interview on today's show because we, we, it's a long story. I had interviews lined up, but then, then the subject of our show had to double down on the dumbing down. It's time for the revoltingly fake Christian of the week. Friends, I focus on the Christianity because I think the Democrats and the liberals need to take the issue back from the hypocrites. And if there's one thing I like that Jesus did, next to the magic tricks, I think he's by far uh, the greatest Jewish magician and hit way beyond Houdini. Uh, what I love is Jesus calling out hypocrites. So um, here's the deal about this. You don't actually need to be a believer to call out the hypocrites and help take the Bible back from the Pharisees. So today is a special tribute to Franklin Graham, who is to Christianity what Jesus was to bigotry and make it a buck off your dad's good name. Now, um, originally, this was supposed to be just about Franklin Graham and his tweet about Pete Buttigieg. That changed. So here's part one, because Franklin Graham tweeted, Mayor Pete Buttigieg says he's a gay Christian. As a Christian, I believe the Bible, which defines homosexuality as sin, something to be repented of, not something to be flaunted, praised, or politicized. The Bible says marriage is between man and a woman, not two men, not two women. This, friends, is a perfect time to demonstrate what a revoltingly fake Christian Franklin Graham is and why he should never be mistaken for a follower of Jesus. Are you ready? Again, even if you don't believe in this stuff, you might want to stop and take notes. First, as a Christian, he thinks homosexuality is a sin, but Christ didn't. Jesus never criticized gay people. He never criticized gay marriage. He pretty much says that gay men are born that way in Matthew 19 in the part about the eunuchs, uh, a certain type of eunuch who is born never wanting to marry a woman. Look, Paul has hangups, but it's mostly due to translations. Paul ain't Jesus. Now, 
The Old Testament, uh, or the Torah, has a few homophobic passages, but today's Jews don't follow those. Uh, Israel's way beyond us in anti-homophobia. And Christians have a new covenant. That's the whole point, guys. Jesus flipped the script. It's why you get to eat bacon now. You can be a homophobe or you can have pork. You can't do both. Jesus overturns all kinds of Old Testament laws on divorce. He calls out Moses for being hard-hearted towards women. He overturns laws on food cleanliness. Uh, he challenges them on Sabbath observance, uh, the death penalty, of course. He, he overturns eye for an eye in the Sermon on the Mount, and he reduced the Ten Commandments to two. So don't go saying you have to follow every part of the entire Bible, especially when we know you don't. Now, Franklin here is quoting the part of the Bible, Leviticus, where it says, you shall not lie with a man as with a man. That's an abomination. It says nothing about uh, you know, one guy on all fours, one guy leaning against a men's room stall while a Republican senator plays lookout, but okay, fine. You want to believe that? You want to hang your hate on this? Well, remember, it also forbids adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually demands the death penalty for adultery. Defrauding your neighbor is not allowed. Stealing and lying is not allowed. And none of those things kept Franklin from supporting Trump, who stole money from vets with a scam online school, who's never found a wife he couldn't humiliate publicly somehow. None of this bothers Franklin as much as consensual relations between same-sex adults in a free society. Now, Leviticus, go look it up in the Bible yourself. It's a, it's a list of purity laws for a nomadic tribe of Hebrews trying to survive for decades in the desert. If the Ten Commandments were the instructions, like, like Leviticus is the terms and conditions, these laws don't really apply to life in the first world in a 21st century democracy. Mold is as bad as leprosy? Do we believe this? No, it was true for them. It's not true for us. And nobody, and I mean nobody, follows all of Leviticus. But since Franklin Graham is pretending to, Leviticus also forbids the spreading of slander. Like when Donald Trump spent years publicly spreading a racist smear that the first black president wasn't born here with no evidence. When he was proven to be a liar, Trump didn't apologize. He just lied more and said Hillary Clinton began it. Also banned by Leviticus, carelessly making an oath. Like if you're going to build a wall to keep poor Christian refugees out of our country and make Mexico pay for it, and then when the American people reject you but you get the job anyway and the Congress and the courts reject your idea, you make your own citizens, who majority oppose it, pay for it. Carelessly making an oath. Leviticus 5.4. How about swearing falsely on God's name? That's forbidden by Leviticus and uh, chapter 19, verse 12. Like if you placed your hand on a Bible and swore to uphold the laws while you're already violating the country's emoluments clause and raking in cash from foreign governments, here's a great one. Seeking revenge or bearing a grudge is forbidden by Leviticus in chapter 19, verse 18. Here's what Trump said. When people wrong you, go after those people because it is a good feeling and because other people will see you doing it, I always get even. This is not just against Leviticus. It is the direct opposite of Christianity. Jesus said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive your enemies 70 times 7. You get the idea. Oh, here it is. Adultery. Now, again, uh, adultery, marriage is between you and them, right? Adultery is between a man and his wife and whatever. But Leviticus uh, 20, 10, and 11 um, demands the death penalty for adultery. So if Franklin Graham really believes in Leviticus so much that he has to condemn Pete Buttigieg and Pete Buttigieg's life because Leviticus is so important and it's what God wants, the absolute undiluted commandment of the Almighty, then Franklin Graham owes it to God to kill Donald Trump two times.
for his many, many adulteries, which he should not do because we are not monsters and we know it's wrong to follow the cruel parts of the Bible if you claim to follow Jesus, who is the happy, clappy, liberal reformer of the Bible. Uh, that chapter, by the way, Leviticus also forbids working on Saturdays, so fuck you, NASCAR, getting tattoos, sorry, Marine Corps, cutting your hair at the temples is forbidden, sorry, Marine Corps, wearing blended fibers is forbidden by Leviticus, so your polyblend is your hell, planting two different kinds of seeds in the same field, that actually pisses me off still, eating pork, eating shellfish is forbidden by Leviticus, so Franklin, if you really believe Leviticus, that shrimp cocktail you're guzzling down is every bit as abominable as George Michael night at the ramrod bathhouse also one of my favorites cursing your parents in leviticus gets the death penalty cursing your parents now as weird as that may seem it does actually pertain to jesus because the pharisees the conservative religious bosses of jesus's day actually came after Jesus, and he used this against them. Uh, in Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9, the, the Pharisees come after Jesus, like they do, and they weren't all evil. Jesus was friends with some of them. But, um, and I'm friends with conservative religious people, too. You, you gotta be. We're not dicks. But they came up to Jesus and said, hey, your apostles aren't washing your hands properly before eating bread. And Jesus just up in Leviticus is in their face saying, oh, really? That's really? Do you guys kill your children? Do you execute your children when they're disobedient like Leviticus commands? And he shuts them down. You can do it too. Now, obviously, Franklin Graham does not observe all the laws of Leviticus. So every time he cites scripture to claim gay people are an abomination, he deserves to be asked if he supports killing kids. That's how Jesus called out the hypocritical Pharisees, and you can do it too. See, they, they say, oh, the, the, these, these cafeteria Christians who pick and choose, pick and choose the parts of the holy books they follow. Here, here's the thing about religious folk. Um, everyone of every faith picks and chooses the parts of the holy books they follow. But not everyone does it to justify being a dick to other people. If you're picking and choosing to let you judge and demonize others, um, then you're using a book that you don't follow to smear Pete Buttigieg. And something Christ never condemned is an exceptionally unchrist-like, hypocritical, and shitty thing to do. Again, it's the new covenant. And the Dalai Lama said at best, the purpose of religion is to control yourself, not to defend others. And not to judge others. I'm sorry. Um, so, again, you can follow Jesus Christ or you can follow Trump. It's not possible to follow both. As Jesus said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. <laughs> Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Love your neighbor as yourself. But Franklin, if you really believed in what Jesus actually talked about, you would not be a flock-fleecing bigot propping up Caligula. Here endeth the lesson. I'm a student. I'm a professional. I'm a woman. woman. And I shouldn't have to worry about walking alone, day or night. I've heard it all. Honey, give me a smile. Harmless catcalls? I never know. I carry Tiger Lady. It's a revolutionary defense tool that's based on one of nature's most efficient defenses, a cat's retractable claws. It weighs less than my phone and is designed to collect DNA. 
Tiger Lady is discreet and fits in my hand. And when I make a fist, claws come out like a real-life Wolverine. It's easy to use, doesn't require training, and is legal in all 50 states. Get your Tiger Lady today by going to TigerLady.com today. Tiger Lady makes the perfect graduation gift to prepare her for the world ahead. Get Tiger Lady today for safety's sake at TigerLady.com. And for a limited time, get a pack of four at 15% off. Use the code GRAD and save an additional 20% off your entire order. Go to TigerLady.com. That's TigerLady.com. Tiger Lady, the ultimate gift of personal safety for any graduate. I'm uh, performing live all over the place, and I hope you'll come around. Uh, May 31st, I'm doing a reading of my new solo show about uh, how to raise a toddler while your country is electing one. I'm I'm calling it Unprecedented. Uh, I don't love that title. It's a working title. That was Trump's first spelling error after the election. But, uh, you know, there's been so much what-the-fuck fatigue. Most people don't remember that. Anyway, Monday, May 31st at the Catalyst Gallery in Beacon, New York. June 1st, I'm doing stand-up. That's a Saturday night at the Make Wine With Us Winery in Wallington, New Jersey. June 6th. I'm doing my show at the Crane Theater, K-R-I-N-E, in New York City's East Village. It's a beautiful space. It's going to be sold out, and uh, that's going to be um, my solo show. I'm doing it a week later in Los Angeles at uh, Space 1111 on Old Kings Road. Don't miss that. Uh, I'm going to be playing the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Those are all coming up in June. And the Ram's Head in Annapolis, Maryland, on the, uh, what is it, the 2nd of August. So come see me near you. Uh, Here's Inspiration Nation. This is just an ever-growing weekly collection of music and books and films that are recommended to keep you sane when the news and DC wants you to be crazy. If you have any suggestions, please write to us at johnfuglesang.com with the songs, the albums, the plays, the novels, whatever it is that talks you off a ledge. Here's a book that'll fill you with hope and turn on your brain. Ain't Nobody's Business If You Do, The Absurdity of Consensual Crimes in Our Free Country. A book written about 25 years ago by the late Peter McWilliams, and it's dynamite. It's just this, he presents the history of legislation against what are victimless crimes, uh, be it sexual, be it narcotic, crimes that are committed consensually, and the arguments for their legalization. Really, really smart, and it's a book you can probably get your conservative loved ones to go along with. Here's an album I recommend highly, Mavis Staples, who's been on my SiriusXM show. She's a goddess. Uh, Bob Dylan proposed to her once. Her, she's released some of the best albums of her career in the last six or seven years. But One True Vine, with the songs written and produced by Jeff Tweedy of Wilco, even if you're not a gospel person, Mavis Staples will fill your heart with soul. And here is uh, the playlist for Sanity Cast. Every week, a few more songs. Put this in your playlist, and these are the songs that will help you when they want you crazy. Love Train by the OJs, of course. Uh, Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Over, but go for the unplugged version from the MTV special over the original version. Uh, Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. This is a 90s punk song that really, really holds up. Terrific band out of Seattle. They they broke up and had their last concert, but Flagpole Sitta, S-I-T-T-A, by Harvey Danger. Uh, it's going to get your blood boiling. And here's a great song to wake up to. New Morning by Bob Dylan. But don't go with the original album version. You want to get the version from the bootleg series that has the horn section. Just go in your Apple or your Spotify, whatever you do. New Morning by Bob Dylan, the version with the horn section. Trust me, you will want to wake up to this 
every day. We're going to be having a comment section where I'm going to read and respond to emails and DMs and tweets and what have you. Go to johnfugelsang.com to send a message here or uh, go to my Facebook page and we will read your suggestions, your threats, your rebukes, your awkward passes, and your promises of glory. Just go to johnfugelsang.com. Okay, so at the top of the episode, we talked about how Franklin Graham's Bible is the book of Leviticus uh, that skips to the golden calf and then skips the book of Revelation, and it's duct taped to a left-behind book. But uh, I was only going to do a little bit on Franklin Graham and then have an interview here, but then... Oh, Franklin had to go and top himself, which is looked down upon in the homophobe community. Um, Franklin Graham put out a Twitter video while I was writing this, calling for Christians across the country to set aside this coming Sunday uh, as a special day of prayer for Donald Trump. Franklin loves Trump. He credited the God factor for Trump's election. Yet another guy who confuses God with an electoral college demanded by dead slave owners. But in this video, he has said, uh, President Trump's enemies continue to try everything to destroy him, his family, and his presidency. In the history of our country, no president has been attacked as he has. I believe the only hope for him and this nation is God. Let's break that down, shall we? Um, first off, uh, I, I love the whole bit about how no one's ever been attacked like the president and his family. I think anybody who remembers Hillary Clinton might disagree with how that first lady was treated. But again, yeah, the attacks on Trump's family. Look, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I fucking hate Barron. I know he's 15. I fucking hate that kid. But let's go through what he really said. In the history of our country, no president has been attacked as he has. Really, Franklin? Have we impeached Trump for his sex life? Have we said his wife's a lesbian having an affair with Vince Foster? Have we publicly questioned whether he was even a citizen with no fucking evidence? Four presidents have been assassinated, but Trump's the most attacked? Now look, I get that Franklin Graham is not Jerry Falwell Jr., and he didn't have to trade an endorsement in exchange for Michael Cohen making some pictures of the pool boy go away. But here's who Franklin Graham is. He has called Islam evil and wicked. He said Satan was the architect of same-sex marriage and LGBT rights. Uh, oh, and he attacks a lot of presidents. He claimed Barack Obama's problem is that he was born a Muslim. He called Obama the Sultan, the Sultan of Washington. Like when your when your dog whistle becomes a train whistle. He wrote uh, Obama has stood defiantly against God and against his teachings and the teachings of the Scripture. Again. Franklin eats pork. He's against it, too. Uh, Franklin Graham helped to fan the birther conspiracy, which falsely and racistly claimed Obama was not an American citizen. I don't know where the president comes from, Graham said. He also publicly questioned on MSNBC whether Obama was really a Christian. And he said, I hope school districts across this nation will defy President Obama and his administration's radical progressive agenda to promote and advance the sin of homosexuality and the LGBT agenda. Okay, here's why that's funny. Donald Trump, in that speech at the RNC, remember his amazing convention speech? That was an incredible, the convention, it was like Vietnam, except Trump was there. But he gave a speech where he pledged to do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens. But Franklin didn't mind that because he knew what the gay Republicans didn't, that Donald Trump was just lying again. Or as the Bible puts it, bearing false witness. Oh, but the vicious attack on Donald Trump that is actually talking about his adultery and the ways he publicly lied to his supporters. Franklin Graham thinks it's wrong to attack a president for that. Uh, that, he said, that's for him and his wife to deal with. And I think this thing with Stormy Daniels and so forth is nobody's business. So that's Franklin Graham saying this president cheating on his wife and lying to all of us. And again, he did. He lied to everyone about Michael Cohen and the payments. 
But in 1998, when Bill Clinton was in office and accused of an affair, Franklin Graham wrote in the Wall Street Journal, If he will lie to or mislead his wife and daughter, those with whom he is the most intimate, what will prevent him from doing the same to the American public? Private conduct does have public consequences. Okay, so you get the hypocrite part, right? By the way, in 2015, Franklin Graham backed Trump's proposal for a ban on all Muslims coming into the United States and for sending war refugees home. So he doesn't get to claim he's a Christian, and he never gets to claim he believes in religious freedom, okay? This is a guy who was defending Brett Kavanaugh from the allegations of attempted rape of a 15-year-old when he was 17. Remember, Franklin Graham didn't defend Kavanaugh by denying the allegations. He said the attempted rape shouldn't matter because Kavanaugh was only 17 at the time, and it happened such a long time ago. As Jesus said, Woe unto you hypocrites! You have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So here's the deal, friends. When Donald Trump lies and cheats and steals and mocks disabled people and breaks his promises and discriminates against an entire religion when he steals kids from migrant families and promises to bring back torture, when he defends police brutality, you know, the stuff that Jesus actually talked about, Franklin Graham just sits there and sits there and grins and says nothing, sort of like his dad, Billy Graham, in the Oval Office, while Nixon was ranting about the Jews and calling them kikes. Oh, he did. Just listen to the tapes. See, friends, if there's one thing that Jesus, again, whether he's real or fictional, divine, literary, whatever you want to call him, but one thing the teachings emphasize, compassion for the poor, downtrodden, despised, and marginalized, especially for children. Jesus has a lot to say about strangers and foreigners, all of which directly contradicts Trump's barbaric treatment of families who are fleeing violence and poverty, and Franklin Graham's soulless, godless, stupid fucking indifference. So yeah, you know what, Franklin? I'll join you on Sunday, and I will pray for Donald Trump this week. I'm going to pray that he repents for his lies, that he turns away from his arrogance and hostility and cruelty, that he'll stop denying the existential threat of climate change, which is a threat to all the unborn. I'm going to pray that this president's held accountable for his corruption, that he's either going to be impeached or resign or voted out as soon as possible, and I'll pray that Christians will start actually reading the inconveniently liberal teachings of Christ and tell the Pharisees like Franklin Graham to fuck off just like Jesus did. I mean, he, he more or less said that. I paraphrase a bit from the original Hebrew. Here endeth the lesson. Hey, so before we go, uh, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to all the fine podcasts offered by Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Um, They're all very fine people and uh, a lot of great content out there. So um, before I go, I end every one of these with a little segment called Questions for Trump Defenders. These have all been tested in the field, and they're guaranteed to give you something to use when you're speaking with your Trump-defending loved one or co-worker or neighbor, uh, questions about the president that they probably haven't been asked and questions that Fox News probably has not probed. So um, this is just to keep around as a database. Write down the ones you like. Try them out. You have to deal with these people too. God bless them. We're hoping that they all awake from, from the Matrix. So here's Questions for Trump Defenders, Volume 3. Number one, Robert Mueller specifically did not exonerate President Trump of obstruction. So why does the president keep saying he did? Number two, do you agree with Donald Trump's legal team that a sitting president can't even be investigated? If you do believe that, and many judges have not, but if you do believe 
that Donald Trump's lawyers are right to say that a sitting president shouldn't even be investigated. Does that make you feel bad about cheering on so many investigations about Barack Obama or Bill Clinton? Number three, Michael Cohen is in prison for illegally paying hush money to a porn star. Why isn't the man who ordered it, covered it up, cooked the books, and signed the checks? Number four, why did President Trump destroy the notes of his meetings with Putin? Why would he do that? Are you cool with the fact that everyone in the Kremlin knows what they talked about, but nobody in our government knows what they talked about? And number five, how many migrant children died in detention under President Barack Obama? Try them out, ask a Trump defender, and join the hashtag on Twitter anytime. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with more next week and back to some regular interviews. Please write with your comments, uh, requests, uh, suggestions, subscribe, give us great review, all that fun stuff. And as H.L. Mencken said 100 years ago in 1919, to die for an idea, it is unquestionably noble. But how much nobler it would be if men died for ideas that were true. I'm John Fiegelsang. Please follow me on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebooks. We'll see you soon. Hey, this is Jody Hamilton, host of the podcast From the Bunker. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show where every week Sean Barton, David Schockett, and I discuss politics, sports, pop culture, that show on HBO that I don't watch. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.